17. How to buy shoes and walk well. And now, Senora o Senor, I can imagine you're staring blankly at these pages and asking yourself what value all this information has for you. Perhaps you have bad feet and desperately want to cure them. Yet the price of my shoes is far beyond your purse. Why then should I needlessly torment you by telling you that only a correct fitting can save your feet and at the same time tell you that other shoemakers refuse to admit the principle on which my fittings are founded. Fortunately, though all these statements are true, it is not necessary for you to buy Ferragamo's shoes to be comfortable. Indeed, even if you can afford them, I beg you not to rush out and buy them. You will only embarrass me. I can already sell every pair of shoes I make many times over. The answer to the apparent paradox lies in the multitude of different shaped lasts which manufacturers have now placed on the market. Among them, and probably made by the shoemaker whose products you normally wear, there are a number which will give you an arch fitting. They are not Ferragamo shoes, and therefore they are not constructed throughout on my principle. But they give the support to the arch and will prevent your feet becoming any worse. If you are lucky and careful in your buying, you may find them improving. What must you look for and what comfort can you expect to obtain? First, Signora Signor, allow me to make one further demonstration on your feet. If you will kindly remove your shoes again, I will show you how a correct fitting should feel. Please put your hand under your foot so that the fingers curl around the outside edge and the heel of the hand rests in the cavity made by the curve of your arch. Now press your foot against your hand. You will feel a strength under your foot, a solidity, a firmness, which you cannot feel in shoes which have a space between the arch and the sole of the shoe. Unfortunately, it is impossible for you to walk with your hand under your arch. So it is impossible for me at this distance to demonstrate the full feeling your feet should enjoy when the arch is supported but I will do the best I can with words. First, you must have the feeling of support under the arch. That is paramount, fundamental, all important. I cannot stress it too greatly. Next, your toes should be free. As the ex-queen of Romania remarked, they should seem to be swimming in your shoes. You must not be able to feel any part of the shoe against the tips of your toes. When you have achieved this fitting, you should feel as if you are walking barefoot on soft sand or a thick pile carpet. And that is all you should worry about when you go to buy a pair of shoes. The answer, like all answers once they are found, is simple. Nevertheless, its application to your own feet may require you to forget one or two notions which are common among the buyers of shoes. Remember always that you must not take any notice of anything the shop assistant tells you. You must forget all about your customary shoe size and fitting. You must forget all about design and style. 
you must insist on walking out of the shop in complete comfort. Above all, you must be prepared to search and search until you find what you want. Let me discuss these items in order. Sales assistants are trained to sell you shoes. Naturally, they like you to be comfortable because then you may return for more shoes. But first and foremost, they wish to sell you a pair of shoes. Therefore, they will tell you that the shoes which appeal to you because of their design or style are a good fit. You may agree with them. Your heels feel snug, your toes are not too cramped. But that was in the past, before you learned what the word fit means. Now you are in the position of knowing more about shoe fittings than the sales assistant. You need take no notice of anything he says. He can pinch the shoe and demonstrate to his heart's content what a marvelous, what a wonderful fit this shoe is. But if you do not feel that support under your arch, the shoe does not fit. You can tell him so. If you want to prove it through the material, just run your finger along the outside of the shoe from the back of the big toe joint to the apex of the arch. If the material does not cling closely to the foot, if there is even a suspicion of a space or a wrinkle, then, signora, they are not the shoes for you. Keep on trying. Make him take every shoe off his shelves if necessary. Do not worry about any signs of bad temper. Your feet are more important than his annoyance. Then, if he cannot provide you with a shoe that fits the arch, go to the next shop and the next. Go to ten shops if you are forced to, until you find what you are looking for. Do as Anna Magnani did on one occasion. Anna had not taken enough care of her feet until she came to me. Now she endeavors to wear no other shoes. However, she does a great deal of traveling, and on one recent occasion, she soiled on a muddy day the only pair of shoes she had taken with her. As she was due to appear at a function where muddy shoes would have been an affront to her audience, she tried to buy a new pair with an arch fitting. I went into one shop, she told me afterwards, and they had nothing. I stamped out and went into a second. The salesman showed me two pairs of shoes. They were beautiful, and I tried them on. He was lyrical in his praise of their feet. Feet! One of them fitted like a sack, and the other didn't fit at all. I said to him, do you know who I am? And he replied, I think so. You are Anna Magnani, aren't you? Yes, I said, and you can't tell me anything about shoes. He looked up at me and said, I've never seen you making the shoes in the films. Anna, who leaves compliments behind when she cannot get what she wants, and especially when someone is trying to sell her anything she doesn't want, added, Do you see whose shoes those are that you have taken off my feet? The salesman said, Yes, they are Ferragamos. I read the label inside. Then, said Anna, How dare you offer me shoes like these, shoes that don't fit anywhere? Madam, he replied, I am not Ferragamo. Anna added thoughtfully, Salvatore, you really ought to give that young man a job. He has an answer for everything. Anna continued her search until she found the right shoes. She would not be put off, 
Quite rightly, she values her feet above everything else. I have said that you must take no notice of sizes and fittings, which also means that you must rid yourself of false pride. There are several reasons. First of all, there are no standard sizes and fittings among different shoes. No manufacturer is compelled by law to make his sizes conform to a national standard in the same way that every yard and every meter must be precisely the same length. Our methods of measurements would go berserk if a yard could be 36 inches in one shop and 34 inches in another. Yet, there is no similar control over shoe fittings. My own last gradings differ from those of other manufacturers and are far too technically complicated to describe here. I will not go so far as to say that no two manufacturer sizes are precisely the same. By the lacks of averages, there must be coincidence somewhere, and enlightened shoemakers are discovering the advantages of conforming more or less the standard sizes. But nevertheless, there are quite appreciable differences. Therefore, if the sales assistant offers you, say, a six and a half B, do not cast the shoes back at him with a haughty remark, I always take a six B. Those shoes may in fact be exactly the same size as your usual 6B, because manufacturer A is using a different last grading system to that of manufacturer B. Nor should you imagine that because you take, say, a 7.5B, while your neighbor, whose feet you so admire, takes a 5AA, your feet are large and ugly. Your feet, unless you are extremely unfortunate, are in proportion to your height and your build. If you try to cram your feet into shoes too small for them, you will not only be asking for trouble, your feet will look ridiculous. How often do we see large ladies whose feet would look splendid in shoes of correct size, mincing along in shoes two sizes too small and looking top-heavy as a result? One more thing. If you are suffering from a collapsing arch, you may have discovered, you are almost certain to have discovered, that even if you wear similar shoes from the same maker every time you buy, in recent months, the sales assistant has been trying to put you into a larger size. For comfort's sake, you may have agreed and worried about the fact that your feet are growing bigger. They are not growing bigger, Signora. They are merely lengthening. As I demonstrated a little earlier, the length from the heel or the fingers is greater when the hand is flat than when it's arched. So with your feet. As the arch falls, it pushes forward and backward, lengthens, and you need that extra half size to accommodate it. But never think that the feet are growing larger when the rest of the body has stopped growing. They do not and cannot. One final, and I'm tempted to say, heretical reason for not taking any notice of the shoe size. If your feet are very bad, I will not only ask you, but urge you deliberately to buy a shoe that is too big. Never, 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 if you cannot get the fitting in the correct size, buy the size smaller. Yes, I know that the smaller shoe looks better. I know there is not a sales assistant born who dare to try to convince you that the shoe a size too big for you is smarter than the shoe a size too small. Nevertheless, if you value your feet, 
and I repeat, especially if they are bad fit, you should preserve with shoes that extra size larger. Get the arch fitting and then give your toes room to move. After some months, it may be only six, it may be as long as 18, depending on the state of your feet. You will find that you can comfortably take not only a size or half size smaller, but perhaps an even smaller shoe than before. The reason lies in the fact that your arch will be returning to its correct position, thus shortening the length of the foot. The difference between a foot with a falling arch and one with a normal arch is startling. In a large foot, it may be as much as two and a half sizes. In the medium foot, three half sizes, and in a small foot, two half sizes. While we are in shoe fittings, another hint. If you cannot obtain the correct fitting for width, the one you are accustomed to take, go narrower. If you are an A, try a double A or even a triple A. You can go as narrow as you like as long as your toes are not pinched. It will do no harm. On the contrary, it will give additional support round your feet and help, not hinder, the beneficial effects of the correct arch fitting. On the contrary, it will give additional support round your feet and help, not hinder, the beneficial effects of the correct arch fitting. I have also said that shoes should be comfortable the moment you put them on. Here I must explode another fallacy, that new shoes must be broken in. You go into your shoe shop and a charming and expert sales assistant slips an adorable pair of shoes on your feet. You like them. The salesman tells you how perfectly they fit, how beautiful your feet look. You turn and twist, looking in the mirror. You take a few steps up and down the shop. You like them. Aren't they pretty? And don't they suit your feet really flattering? Of course, there is a little tightness here and there, but the shoes are new. In a few days, when you have broken them in, they will be perfect. So you pay the bill and live with the shoes that pinch. Signora, you will never break in those shoes. They will break in your feet. There is no pair of feet in the world strong enough to smash through the rigidity of those shoes you have bought. Do they seem flexible? Are there dainty in appearance and light in the hands? Have they rubber inners or a cunning elastic stretch incorporated in them? Signora, it's a delusion. The flexibility The elasticity, the rubber-sized give have all been designed by the makers to overcome the worst effects of the old hard shoes. But they have all been imparted by the machine. They will give to your feet just as much as the maker has calculated, and not one millimeter more. How can they? Those flimsy, dainty shoes have withstood the weight of the thousands of pounds of pressure required to stick on and mold the sole, to put in the counter and put on the toe box. They have been hammered and pounded, molded and cooked, as effectively as a section of high tensile steel. Once those shoes are on your feet, your feet become molded to the shoe. It is you who are broken in. So I tell you, Signora, you should be as comfortable in your new shoes 10 seconds after you try them on as you will be in 10 weeks or 10 months.
If they don't fit when you leave the shop, they will never fit. Never, never, never. Before I complete this section, I must return once more to the arch fitting. Fit the arch and you will walk in comfort. Everything else goes by the board save that one thing. It does not even matter how much or how little you pay for those shoes as long as you get that fitting. Are you accustomed to paying five pounds or six pounds for a pair of shoes? Pay 30 shillings if you can get the fitting only in 30 shilling shoes. They will not possess the additional luxury feel of the better class materials, but they will protect your feet, and your feet are the only things in the shoe buying world that you should worry about. If this fitting is important to you, an adult, it is even more important to your children. I implore you to look at your children's feet and give them the benefit of those fittings. The growing foot must not be confined. If you see the telltale signs of twisting toes and bulging joints, hurry to find the arch fitting before the child is in torment. Nowadays, because I have been at the work so long, and despite the fact that I normally do not make either men's or children's shoes, parents bring their children to me. Among the first was the Prince of Savoia Aosta. He has succeeded to the title since the death of his father and since he first came to me, who was brought as a small boy because his parents did not want their son to suffer as they had suffered. Among the most recent is Peter Davies, a Canadian boy nine or ten years old, whose parents came to my salon in Florence in the summer of 1955. Peter's feet were terribly deformed. He was wearing orthopedic shoes an arch support, and a heel builder. The results were that his feet were going to the shape of the shoes. I threw away the implements of torture and built him a pair of shoes which supported his arches and gave his feet room to grow. Two months later, I saw him in London. In a year, he will not need me. He will be able to go into any shoe shop in the world and providing he chooses the right fitting, he will never again have any trouble. A South African lady came to me with her daughter also in 1955. The mother's feet were dreadful. She had exposed joints and broken ligaments. There was scarcely any adhesion between the phalanges of the toe and the metatarsal joint because of her ill-fitting shoes. The daughter's feet were going the same way. But after the second pair of my shoes, the trouble had disappeared. The mother is still in agony because she was unable to stay in Florence long enough for me to put them right. Eight or ten weeks would have been sufficient and she too would have forgotten about her feet. There, I have had my say. I leave these thoughts in your mind while I take up the final stages of my story. I hope that you will walk in comfort for the rest of your days and that your children will never know torment. <laughs>